Pete, Corso, and Catone. I think, I think, listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, would you have caffeine today? What the hell is that up here? Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome in to Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. I'm Corso. Catone is here. Joe is in the booth. And you're with us watching on YouTube, listening on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or wherever you podcast. You can uh, you can catch us. And if you want to listen to us live, you can do that on Podbean. And, of course, give us a call, 855-313-PATS, our heated hotline, 24-7. Leave us a message. Joe's picking the one he wants to play. So let's let that one be yours, 855 855- 313-7287. Got a good one today in Weekly Rewind. We're going to talk Super Bowl 57, break that down, go back a little bit, look at these teams and the matchups. And, of course, in that Sunday spread, we're going to have our locks of the week. We've got some interesting uh, prop bets today, Mark, we want to talk about. So, you know, some good, good value picks in Sunday spread. So stick around for that. And, of course, Catone's comments. You never want to miss that. Get ready for that later on in the show. And B's and C's, where the Celtics stand now after the trade deadline. And uh, Bruins are getting ready for their second half. Uh, so we're going to talk all about that. But, hey, before we do that, we want to hear from one of you in the nation in Heated Hotline. Joe, let's uh, let's have that. Oh, wait. First, I got something for you. Well, Chris, I guess there's no mystery, right? Of what, what he the hotline must be about because he likes to surprise us every week. That's gonna be it. I had that one in the archives. It was perfect. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Joe. Come on. Hey guys, this is Tony from Providence. So it's crap about grading Hazzy Belichick on his podcast saying everyone is trying to divide them and they've always been together on things. Really? Then why did you leave, Tom? Didn't you leave the fifth when asked if you appreciated it in New England? I'm sick of these guys doing whatever they need in order to make money and toying with our emotions. What do you think? Thanks. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Tony. Providence. Tony in Providence. Thank you, Tony, for that call. Why? He, you know, he puts a, it's a short, short message, Mark, but he puts a lot in there, doesn't he? He does. He does. So toying with the fans' emotions. I agree. Don't you agree with that? Stop toying with our freaking emotions. Brady Listen. versus Belichick still. And that's why you named it that, Joe, isn't it? Our show this oh, week. Oh, I, I mean, over and over and over again. I'm like, they're dead stories, these these stories. I don't understand. They keep going over. Uh, they're never stories. dead. They're never dead. Mark, he's they're got points dead. here. Huh? Never dead. Listen, the call is 100%, right? It's all about money, obviously, right? So, so Brady's not, this is it for Brady. He really is retired. Like, I heard some other crackpots this week. Well, you know, we could come back in July. He's not, listen, this is it. That's why Bill was on. This is about money. If he's going to come back for his brand, coming back into the fold and being part of the New England community and, you know, in, in doing things for the organization publicly and, and different things, that's what's going to make him money, the crafts money. So, so it's, it's he's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> he was hurt. The call is 100% right. There is some history there. Yes. I don't think it was as bad as people want you to believe, Chris. I think, listen, yeah. if in 2017 and 2018, Kraft said to Belichick, we're giving him $50 million for two years, he would have stayed. As much as him and Belichick maybe didn't always get along, he would have stayed. It was, I think he was more hurt at Kraft than Belichick because Kraft didn't intervene. Well, you know, this... There's something to be said for that because, hey, look, <clears throat> you know me, you know what I do. I'm about the evidence, right? I'm about yeah. what we have in front of us versus what we speculate to. So, look, he didn't he didn't show up at Kraft's um, 80th, what was it, 80th birthday or something yeah. like that when he was invited. So, okay, that, there's telling that maybe he was upset with Kraft. Um, 
you know, talking about being appreciated and he pleads the fifth as the caller mentioned. I don't know if that's directed at Brady, if that's directed at, uh, if that's directed at Kraft or, or Belichick, but then he shows up at his wedding at Kraft's wedding. So clearly that trip to new England with Tampa, you know, now Kraft's meeting with him was cameras everywhere. I mean, that was all done. For a purpose, but that meeting Belichick with Kraft, the- with Chris, the, but the meeting with Kraft, I think, yes, it was for show, it was for cameras. But you're not going to tell me that he didn't meet with Kraft while he was there privately at I'm some sure. point that day. Yeah. Before that, it was before there was a night game. At some point before that game, I'm sure that day he met with Kraft privately somewhere, and they hashed it out. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Finish your talk. No, no, no. That's right. Listen. The- the, the private meet and the, the meeting I had with Belichick for 20 minutes, that obviously went a long way too. But look, the caller is right. I mean, Tony's right. Um, this is all about business. This is all about money. I mean, this is all about where am I going? I mean, you know, he's on this pod. Don't you think for one second that having Belichick on a podcast, when the hell has that ever happened? Having Belichick just on a happened podcast. To be, just happened boom. to be Super Bowl week. Right. Just the, happened the, to be the Super views Bowl week. Go, Right. The views go through the roof. The sponsors are all happy about it. I mean, you know, so so there's money to be made there. But breaking down, and I agree with you, all the things. I mean, Belichick took a gamble. He took a football gamble, and he lost. He did. He lost for the one season. Now, Brady in New England for two more years. I don't know know, if he lost for one season, Chris. Well, I mean, I'm saying I think last season Brady's – you know, performance did dip a little. I think he was more of a 2019. I'm checked out because I don't like this team and I don't like the people I'm around. I think he did realize what he had in coaching. I really do. Well, his you comment brought that up. His comment said it right. Yeah, he said, you know, I've learned everything. You know, you know, obviously those two. And as as you, if you listen to that podcast, go back and listen to it. Um, Belichick gets more comfortable as it goes on. First, you see he's a little. You know, but then he gets more comfortable, and and I think it's true. I think they really do feel that way. You know, but the one thing about Belichick is, you notice with him, once a player is done, then you hear him start to you know really get comfortable talking to the player. You know, but but talk about talk about the everybody's trying to divide them. But Chris, listen, Brady said this is one clip. He says. I know he respected me for the job that I did, and I certainly did the same. And I think even when you go away from each other, you respect each other probably that much more. I certainly did because I realized the commitment that he was trying to make to get our team to win. What does that tell you? Yeah, you tell me. What is your character? There it is. (laughs) There it is. Darth Vader. Down there with that thing. Basically, on he's saying he didn't the have mask. that commitment out of those guys in Tampa, those coaches, right? No, and it just got worse. It got yeah. progressively worse. Yeah. And so it he did. in more of a so, 2019 season, like he was with the Patriots last year, this past season, yeah. Yeah. then. So, you know, you're really talking about two years of that you could have had him around more. Um and it probably would have yielded. It, you say, well, it would have yielded a Super Bowl, but would they have put enough guys around them to do it? I mean, he clearly didn't have enough to do it um, with McDaniels and what they had, and they had nothing. But talk about the 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 everybody. He says everybody seems to be trying to divide us, you know. And 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 we, he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he said everybody's trying to divide us. But you know, we we always have been together on things moving move trying to move together forward you know what do you think of that comment who's trying to divide first, them who first of all nobody's trying to divide them there was obviously as the years went on listen they were together 20 years chris there's gonna be there's gonna be ups there's gonna be downs there's gonna be times where you disagree with me i disagree with you i mean you're married i'm married you, you you're together 20 years you don't always agree with what the other person no. is saying or doing, you're going to get aggravated. You're going to get frustrated. And and I think there were times that Brady wanted probably more control over maybe players coming in, offensive scheme. And that's not Bill. Bill's not going to give that to a player, no matter how great you are. So yeah, they they they, they butted heads at times. Absolutely, they did. They were together for 20 years. But was there friction at the end? 
absolutely. I don't think anybody created that or, or manufactured that. It was there. But the bottom line is, if Bob Kraft intervenes and says, Bill, we're giving him Drew, B- Drew Brees' contract, two years right. for 50, he finishes his career here. No matter how much tension, disagreement, whatever was going on between him and Belichick, if Kraft intervenes and says, you're giving him a two-year contract with a third-year option, Brady retires a Patriot, plain and simple. And that's what I get pissed off about. All this garbage that these people are all saying about how bad it was. Listen, no, it wasn't that bad. All Kraft had to do was say, here's your contract. He yes. would have signed it. <clears throat> yep. So how bad could it have been? Well, that's why Mark and I give, give Kraft so much crap about this because – He's the one with the pocketbook. He's the one with the checks. Belichick's not agreeing to a $50 million contract. you got to get owner approval for that. And, and Kraft had never had to pay. You go back. Kraft never had to open up the purse strings for, for Brady, especially for Brady, through the whole 20 years, uh, the whole time he was here. He Chris, never had to do that. Belichick or anybody else, is accountable. Really. Belichick is accountable for telling Kraft, He's not worth fifty million anymore, Bill. Right. He's on his forty-three. He's, 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 his 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 skills have diminished. Right, and so the, and and, that, right. and that's the thing. Now, now, as far as um, Greg Bedard, um, who we have a ton of respect for, I really do. This one, I'm not sure. I like this comment, but what he says is, if you hey, look about there in in, in Patriot Land, if you want to, if you want to believe in fairy tales and unicorns then fine. You can believe what they're saying right now, that they've always been on the same page. And, you know, they were never divided. And I agree with that part. Of course they were divided, as Mark just said. You you know, you articulated that fine. What I have a question about is, once things were getting like that, once Brady had a little... Yeah, because he did that Tom versus time, and that was in there. They were all undertones of this in there, in that entire Mm -hmm. piece. Um, Again, a moneymaker. You know, conflict breeds interest. Which breeds revenue. I mean, that's how it works. Everything is calculated. Yep. Did the family? Do you think? Because what he also goes on to say is, "Thank God for, um, thank God for Tom Senior." Meaning, Tom Senior is going to oh, give you all he the told truth you of how everything. It is. Okay. My question to you is: You talking about dividing? Okay, people that are dividing fans, whatever media. What the family? How, how kind of role do you think the family had in this? In this division, in this pulling apart, in this trying to get them out of there? What kind of, what do you think? I Well, listen, I think Giselle... And again, speculation, had, but... You know. I'm speculation. I think Giselle probably had more of a role in the tension than the father. I think the father, when it was over, was like what you and I would do for our own sons, you want to protect your son. You'll do anything for your son. You want you don't want to give my my son a contract. He's the greatest player to ever play. Screw you. He he wasn't yeah. respected, and you know what I mean. So that yes, he's reacting like a father, and 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 you yeah. and I would have reacted the same way, probably worse, right? So so don't. But I think day to day, I think Giselle was it was wearing on him because I don't think she even wanted him to play. Right. That was pretty no. obvious. And I don't think she liked living in New England. Listen, yeah. she's living outside of Miami. It's 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 it's, you know, or, or with with all the glamour and the models and the, the, the runways and the strips and all this. You yeah. know, all of a sudden, her, she's world. Back, her right? world, all of a sudden she's back modeling. Right. So she right. didn't want to stay in friggin New England. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just listen she, to she the past 50 uh, Catone's comments and you'll realize who the hell Why? She didn't want to stay. <laughs> she didn't like Come the on. foliage. You know, she didn't like right? the change of seasons and all that. Yeah. Now, Mark, listen, I, I agree. The, you know, we talk about what we do for our kids. I don't think either one of us would come out on camera and do anything like that because I think we had, I think that's a little, you know, unless our kid wanted us to, unless it was strategic and all that. But, you know, I think you and I have built a little different than Tom Senior, which is why I, I don't like that he did that. I don't no, think but I would do off. that. You know, obviously, if asked, no. oh, yeah, absolutely, I agree. You protect your, you know, I mean, if asked the question, I guess we have to. But I, I'm not making those comments unless unless Tom is wanting me to or approving yeah. that. The thing yeah. about it, though, is, you know, you you figure he was on the he was on the Tom Tom Seniors. This is interesting, Mark. You know, till about 18 or so, you know, he's he's in the house or whatever. He's he's getting taught yep. by his parents, whatever. 
He's a Belichick. He was on the Belichick's bum as basically a parent for longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he was. He for was. 20 years. Look, I, you know, we don't know. Nobody knows what went on behind closed doors. You know, all these things that that the the shows, the, the, the radio shows and everything, you know, that's all good for business. Everything's good for business. So remember out there, everything you're listening to, except this, listen to this. This, this is the one thing for this part. We're part of business, and we're talking about this too. You know yes. what I mean? That's the thing. Well, yeah. Well, Joe, yes. Chris Felger on, on 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 the flagship said this week he don't want Brady to retire because it's good for business. It's good for business. At least he's honest. At least he's honest yeah. about it. But you you have to understand out there, Tom versus time, the Jim Gray interview. I plead the fifth coming on this podcast with Belichick the other day. All of these things and the things that they're saying within these programs are manufactured. They, 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 they're thought of. They're thought about. They're for a purpose. We don't. Nobody knows what the hell went on behind closed doors. We we don't know. Belichick could have been pleading with Kraft to keep him for all we know. I mean, we well, don't, don't know. I, I, we don't know. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I don't think that was the case, but you're I'm right. Giving, we, I'm, not, we, I'm not naive. You know. I'm not stupid. But, like, yeah. you know, we, the point is we don't know. All we know is what we hear. And it's our job to speculate. It's it's Felger and those guys' job to do that, and as annoying as it is, it is at times. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and then talking about Joe, the last thing we'll talk about, Joe, Joe's favorite thing, his obsession, this one-day contract, okay? I Cas don't think Chris that's going to happen. No, I don't either. But Chris Gasper comes out. This is what irritates me. And I told you this last week. I don't think it's going to happen either. But when asked about that situation, he talks about Brady owes them nothing. He's already he's already given them six Super Bowls. That pisses me off, Mark. Oh, here we go. I that know. pisses here me off. Go. As someone who's been in a locker room, that pisses me. I, I can't tell you how bad that pisses me off. No, he didn't give them six Super Bowls. Like, I mean, come on. Are you how stupid? You know, you know, Casper's a little weasel anyway. Look at him. You think he's ever stepped on a field for any friggin' reason in his life? Think that little clown's ever been in a friggin' locker room where he's had to put his rely on somebody else that's next to him and put them faith in me that I'm next to them? Bullshit. That's never had to happen with a kid like that. Mark, what do you think of that? That pisses me no, off. No, I, I I I agree. I agree. That that that's a shit comment. Listen. Bottom line is this. I don't think he's going to sign a one-day one contract for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think there's some provisions in, in, in his, believe it or not, in his contract in Tampa that would have to be worked out because he's not actually leaving the place somewhere else. It, it, there's a couple of weird clauses that were in his contract, protective clauses when he was with Tampa. Even though his contract is technically up, there's some stuff with that that I would have to you you would have to read as an attorney, Chris, to, to tell us the actual yeah. truth. But the second piece of that is, listen, he left, he retired. You had a chance for him to retire a Patriot, and you didn't yeah. do it. So I think he's okay with mending fences and coming back into the fold. He'll, you know, he had Belichick on his podcast. He'll show up when they give him the Patriot red jacket. I think this year, I think Kraft kind of already hinted to the fact they're going to do something at one of the games to celebrate him. And I think he'll show up for that game. I do. But as far as a one day contract, I don't, I don't think Tom will, because I think you had your chance of, for me to retire a Patriot and you didn't do it. So I'll come back for all your celebrations. It's good image and money wise for me but I'm not going to come back for a one-day contract when you wouldn't give me the opportunity to retire here. I don't think that'll happen, Chris. Not because he owes you nothing, just because you had the opportunity to do it. You didn't do it. So now he won't do that, but he'll do the other stuff for you, I think, based on how they've mended fences. So we want to hear from you in Heated Hotline. Let us know what you think. Br b great title, Joe. Brady versus Belichick still? And stay tuned because I don't think this is over. More of this is coming. Heated Hotline was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com. Allow us to be your voice. Hey, when we come back. We're going to rewind. We're going to talk. We're going to talk Super Bowl 57, Kansas City, Philly. Talk about what they can do. Break down that game. All of that and more right after this. 
that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20 plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Back in with more Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. And listen, we got Super Bowl 57 going on. Hey, right here in my backyard, Felger says it's a Mickey Mouse town. We'll see about that. We'll see what Mark has to say about that too, Mr. New England over there. And uh, let's go weekly rewind and talk about it, Joe. I'm getting it. Going back, back, going back through the week. About a weekly rewind. Weekly rewind. rewind. So Super Bowl 57 getting ready to kick off tomorrow, 6.30 Eastern, 4.30 my time. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. It's still, I think, uh, uh, I think still think Philly's given up a point and a half still. Um, I, I think so, I, I yeah. I checked it this morning. So, And we'll get to Sunday spread in a few minutes. But, Mark, looking at this Super Bowl, um, talking about the breakdown and what we think is going to happen, we'll give our predictions in a minute, but – you know, how do you how do you see this one going? I mean, what are the keys to this for 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 either one of them or each of them? Well, so Philly, Chris, I think it's going to have to be the offensive line and defensive line, right? So Philly, sh- listen, Philly should be able to run the ball on this this team. I mean, I think that's one of the things we talked about last week when we talked about Cincinnati and and we recapped that game, right? That Cincinnati should have been able to run the ball against that defense, right? And they didn't. Yeah. And, I, and I think you're going to see Philadelphia run the ball, and that's going to set up Hurts and those receivers, and it's going to spread the field. It, so I think the offensive line and the defensive line, because Philly can get pressure on you with four guys. And if they can collapse that pocket and make Mahomes have to either stay in the pocket to throw the ball, Chris, and, and or, or at least have to move and try to work that ankle, I think the key for Philly is both defensive lines, Chris. I really do. Yeah, a lot of people saying that, that it's in the trenches. This this game's in the trenches. And I'll tell you something, though. Kansas City may have the best uh, pass rusher between both the teams in, in Jones. You know, now, everybody pumped the brakes just a little bit on that because you have to understand, everybody says, well, last week, two weeks ago against Cincinnati, look at the day Jones had. Well, one, as Mock points out, coaching had something to do with that on the Cincinnati end. They, there was a huge assist by the offensive coaching staff uh, for Cincinnati to allow that to happen. And two, you had two huge injuries on the offensive line for Cincinnati. And they weren't that, they weren't the best to begin with anyway. But you are facing the best this week. This friggin' offensive line, as Mark said, for, for, for Philly to me, is the best offensive line that Kansas City has had to face all year. That's right. That's what I said. All year long, not just in the playoffs, all year long. This is the best O-line. And I agree with Mark. The, the, you know, Philadelphia's idea – and look, it's twofold. You want to run the ball, and, and they can be different types of runs. You know, you got you can – and by now, you know, injuries at this point, you know, Mahomes' injury, Hurts' shoulder, you know, these guys are – just the adrenaline alone, forget what they're putting inside them to get ready. It's a Super yeah. Bowl. It's not going to matter. You may see some good design runs by Hurts. You may see Devontae Smith um, running the ball from the backfield or some different things that you haven't seen out of Philly yet that that incorporate that offensive line and that running game to loosen yeah. things up to be able to hit Brown downfield. So, the, right? I mean, no, I absolutely, Chris. I think, listen, Philly has the combination of both receivers and a running game. And, Chris, they got two different running backs, they got Sanders. Who, who can give you that more of that West Coast type of running back. And then they got the power back they come in with. I forget his name, Chris. But then they got the other guy who comes in, and he's more like a power back. So they, they yeah. can give you a variety of looks, even running the ball. I, I just yeah. don't think – and you said this, Chris. And, and last week, I think 
we blame Cincinnati's coaching. We thought they stunk, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. Kansas City, yes, they got a good pass rusher, but we don't think their defense is that good. I will say, I will say this. I'll oh, give him props. Oh, here we go, down, Joe. Down we got to no, listen, flop. listen. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not flopping. I'm just saying. You know what? Shut up. I, I, I'm not flip flopping. You right away, Joe. He's right away. I'm. I, you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take over Catone's comments today. Then that's it. So, no. But seriously, can, I will say all year long. You're right. You're absolutely right. But Kansas City defense did play a lot better down the stretch. You know, they they improved as the season went. They played better down the stretch, and they played pretty good. In, in the playoffs. Now, were they tested? Were they challenged? You know, did they have enough? I agree with Mark there. This will be the toughest challenge for them. Last two weeks ago should have been the toughest challenge for them in Cincinnati. But injuries, coaching, things like that, to me, prohibited, you know, prevented that from happening. Now, Chris, the, the defensive coordinator for Kansas mm. City, Spagnola. And we, pressure, we know pressure, we, pressure. we know who he we know who he coached, right? We know who we coached, right? Those 07 Giants. His MO. Why? Why? Why do you have to Well, because the Super Bowls in Phoenix. I had to bring it up. Oh, what a jerk. Go ahead. Right. But his MO, Chris, not only is pressure, but it's also his defenses usually get better as the year goes on, right? Yeah. So this is yep. typical of a Spagnola defense. They had some young guys in the secondary on this defense, right? So so this is typical of a Spagnola defense. They usually are playing their best football later in, a, in the season, and you're going to hope that you survive until then. This team has. So it's a typical Spagnola defense, correct? Like in, in regards to how they've gotten yeah. better. It's a lot of pressure packages. He likes to bring heat. He likes to bring pressure, and that may be a problem this week. Because you're dealing with a mobile quote, you're dealing with a guy that can get out, but not only can get out and hurts, is when he gets out and moves, his eyes stay downfield. You know, he's not not like a Lamar Jackson, and once he gets out, that's it, he's gone. Jalen Hurts will keep his eyes downfield, and he'll look to deliver the ball to those guys, you know, Smith and Brown, and guys that are coming open that way, and any tight end. Um, and so that that pressure stuff, and, and Spagnuolo's pretty stubborn about it too. He'll keep coming, but Mark, the other side, Looking at Kansas City's offense, you know, Philly's defense, to me, again, I, I, I go back to that Cincinnati game, and I think that the whatever the game plan was for Cincinnati was – it just was poor, very poor. You can play – this is not the same Kansas City team that had Hill, Harding, you know, uh, what is it, Hard, hard uh, Hardman? Hardman. He's, he, uh, I don't Hardman. think he's playing in the Super Bowl. No, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. So no Hardman, no Hill, no Tyreek Hill. So you're left with Kelsey Scandling. Um, you're left with uh, what's Tony, his name? Tony, but uh, he's hobbling. Tony, Tony and he's hobbling, and, and Juju, Juju Schuster, who's not the same. My point is this: this is a team you can play man against. You you can play man. You're not worried about Tyreek Hill now running those deep crosses that's just gonna destroy you. You can play man, and as such, you can bang the crap out of Kelsey. Or he doesn't like it. You can bang the crap out of Kelsey off the line. You can put, push him, nudge him, make it a tough release for him to get off the line. Do not allow him to free release. And I think that's what's going to happen. And then bracket him. Because if it, to me, the keys, the, the keys to victory for Philly on defense are there's two guys you take away, and you're going to be surprised by the second one. Kelsey, obviously, and Pacheco. Okay. Those are the two guys you need to take out and of this Pacheco, game. Pacheco, for any, our viewers, is is the the little scat back running back that runs all over the field, right? Yep. Seventh round draft pick, by the way, in the last draft. Seventh round. You by liked the way. him. I remember you right? talked about him. And and uh, we just can't draft those guys, Chris. Why is that? I don't know, but we can't draft those guys. But right. anyway, and Chris, so, yeah. you bring up the key. Why is it that teams don't game plan it with, with this particular Kansas City team, especially this coming week? No Hodman. You said there's no Hill. Now, in the second half of that Cincinnati game, Hodman got hurt. He was out. Why yeah. wouldn't you take Kelsey out? Why wouldn't you bracket design? Kelsey's gonna be not going to beat us today. You're going to beat us with the other guys you're going on the field. Why don't teams do that? Because they don't listen to me. <laughs> Belichick <laughs> always did that. Always put <laughs> Kelsey out of the game. Always. Yeah. You, 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 there's a lot of ways to do it. 
there's there's a lot of ways to do it. I mentioned one already where you can bump him. You can be physical with him at the line of scrimmage. The other way to do it is you allow the free release, but you you go under over under coverage on him. You know where you where you get somebody underneath. You get linebackers in the and they have physical. They have athletic linebackers. Do the Eagles where they can get them? It's not like Bentley, you know that slug. You you have athletic linebackers that you can put in the throwing lanes now. The problem is the the type of pressure package you're bringing against Kansas City because Mahomes creates his own throwing lanes. You know, he moves around, he gets out there and he 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 throws Kelsey open. He gets Kelsey into a better throwing lane and Kelsey finds the area in the zone. I played man. I would be playing a lot of man coverage this week. I would be bringing 90 degree pressure off the edges and push Mahomes right into his face. But for, Chris, but for Kansas City to win, Mark. On the Kansas City side of the ball. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you. I'm asking you. From the Kansas City offensive perspective, what what do they need to do to win? Chris, I, I, I'm i going to say you brought up Pacheco. I think you're going to have to come up with some design runs. I think you're going to have to figure out a way to come up with – you mentioned Scantling. I think you're going to have to come up with some jet sweeps. Like, I think you're going to have to generate some plays that – Number one can slow down. A lot of movement, down. a lot of motion, a lot of yes, formation. can slow yeah. down Philadelphia's pass rush, A, and B, possibly prevent some of what you're talking about, about taking Kelsey out of the game because there's so much going on that you're yeah. confusing them, and now Kelsey can still get sit in his spot and get the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of that tomorrow from Kansas City because I think Philadelphia's defensive line is better than Kansas City's old line. So I think you're going to see a lot of that type of stuff to try to loosen the game up for, for Kansas City's offense. I put a lot of pressure on that ankle. So, Mark, uh, uh, how, how do you see this thing going on? Who are you picking? This gets us into Sunday spread. That, you know, it's a, right now, and again, I haven't checked it today, but it was a point and a half. Philly's favored. 51 is the over. Um, who wins this game? Give me this prediction. I like Philadelphia, Chris, and, and and I know I told you right after the AFC Championship game, I said to you Philadelphia is gonna gonna wipe the floor with this team because I just think Philadelphia's offense is gonna go up and down the field. I, I I don't think Kansas City's defense is that good. I get what you're saying, Chris. I I know they've improved. They have definitely improved. They can they can rush the passer with Jones. I get it. I, I just don't think that their their second line of defense. Is that good? I don't think the game's going to be close. I think Philly's going to beat them. Between, I, I, I'd say Philly, thirty-seven. Kansas City. Big score. Yep, Kansas City, twenty-four. Thirty-seven. So you 24. like the over too? I like the over because I think Philadelphia is going to going to score a lot of points. A lot of points. I think I don't think See, Kansas from- City's defense is that good. See, for me, and this brings us into some of these prop bets that are going on, you know? Oh, here um, we go. This, oh, well, because, listen to this. Look at you, prop bets. Well, because there's no, listen, there's no other games to bet. This is it. You got to go within the game. You got to bet everything, everything. Put it all, everything you want all season long. Dump it all on this game. But you know what? I like Philly too, but I like it to be a little closer because the more I look at this, and I look at two, two halves. And by the way, if, you, if you're going to bet these games, bet the spreads on each half. Look at two halves because Kansas City is is not – they're one of the worst first-half scoring teams in football all season long. Philly's one of the best or the best. So that first-half spread, whatever it is, if it's a high spread because Vegas knows this, then, yeah, take Kansas City. I mean, if it's a seven-point spread in the first half, yeah, go with Kansas City. But keep that in mind. Philly jumps out. Philly's going to jump out to a lead. But as – as we've seen the second halves all season, Kansas City, it flips. Kansas City's one of the best closing teams, and Philly doesn't close as well. So we've seen it all season long, Kansas City coming back in games and making it close. So that's why I think it's going to be a little closer. I think this is going to go under. Um, okay. I do. And I, I'm taking a I'm taking a um a 27. Um, tell me if I'm right in this. Let me think here, numbers wise. I'm thinking 24-21. Um, What's the over and under, Chris? 49 and a half? 51. 51? 
But here's the bet that I really like. This is what I'm going to do this week. So I'm giving it all to you right now, okay? I'm taking a teaser bet. Okay, so now what happens with a teaser bet is you get six points, but the percentages aren't as good. So you don't get as much off the off the two. You're picking two, two things, and they're giving you more points. So basically, I'm going to take Kansas City. Kansas City's getting a point and a half. I'm going to take Kansas City getting six more points. So now they're now they're getting seven and a half because I don't I think it's going to be closer, and I'm also taking the under. And now the under be, over under becomes fifty seven. So take a look at that yeah, teaser. You, you don't do get that? as much. Can you can can yep. you do that with with the over under? I didn't know you could uh, do that with the over under. Chris on DraftKings, you can on the app I okay. use, you can. Okay. You know? Okay. And so you 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 take those two and you make it a seven and a half and you make it a fifty seven point. You take Kansas City. You take or you can go the other way. You know you can you can you can make. Philadelphia getting points if you wanted or go now, down on the points. A, if you're a real down and dirty, dirty gambler, you do like it you. both ways and hope it lands in the middle. You take Philly yeah. getting five and a half and you take Kansas City and hope the game ends at four. Right. Philly wins by four. Well, those are the things I'm doing. Mark, a couple before we before we move on. Listen, and we, I'm going uh, to tell you your... something right now. If you're gambling yeah. on this game, I know you you like the prop bets and the teasers, Chris. Forget it. Load it up. Take everything you want. Philadelphia is a lock. Minus one and a half. They're a lock. There it is. You heard it right here. Mark, how about a couple of prop bets for our, for our viewers out Chris, there? how about the coin flip? Let's bet the coin flip. No, forget that. I'm going to give you some value picks. Okay, here's some value picks. Just money picks. You know, we just bet it. Um, a co- uh, MVP not being the quarterback. Non-quarterback MVP is a plus 300. Good value pick. Guys like Kelsey, perhaps, right? Yeah. You could see something like that happen. Chances are yeah, it's going to be Kelsey, one of the if Kelsey wins it, Chris, they're going to give it to Mahomes because that means Mahomes would probably throwing a ball all over the field, right? Right. Here's another one. Hurts to throw an interception. Okay, and hurts to throw the first interception. These are plus yep. one hundred and one and one fourteen. Not bad. Yep. Good value not pick. Bad. Again, That's not bad. That's value. these are values. Um, the oh, I don't like this one. Missed the, a missed field goal is plus one twenty. Either team, not a bad. That's a good value pick That's with the way kicking pick. is. Mixed yeah. extra missed extra point plus three hundred. Wow! And, and, and look at Philly because that's happened to that kicker. Both teams yeah. miss a field goal is plus 900. That's a value, but it's it's a lot. And here's the last one, Mark. Don't Stop the Music being the first song is a plus 500. Now, I don't even know who the hell is performing, but they're making Rihanna, a plus 500. Rihanna. Wait a minute. Wait a Rihanna. Minute. <laughs> Rihanna is performing. Joe, you got to get out on this I, got, I don't know what the song is. But. If you want a, the real prop bet, and if you're a yeah. real degenerate gambler, you go for this one, the over and under on. Uh, so who's singing the national anthem? Chris Stapleton's singing this year, and it's yeah. a national anthem, and they, on average, it sings about uh, a minute and forty three seconds, right? So the yeah. over under is a minute fifty nine seconds in length. That's what but you got. But didn't that close already? It, it, those are early closing bets, so get it in because once they rehearse it. Yeah, somebody out there knows. They all know. Somebody right now knows. Land that last line, you know. They got to really yeah. show the vibrato. You know what I mean? Really so you know what? So throw twenty bucks some on. Dummy, throw twenty bucks some, on. Don't listen, stop the music. Some dummy, Chris, a couple of years ago, videotaped the last rehearsal and knew how what the time was. And instead yeah. of just going to blow their brains on the over under because they knew how long it was going to take, they put they posted something. On social oh, media or some like oh, some idiot, and they shut idiot. down the bet, so you couldn't bet the national anthem. They they shut it down. The Vegas shut it down because it's idiot. Like, you got to be like Biff in Back to the Future and take that sports almanac book and put it in a safe somewhere, and nobody even knows it exists. You know, uh, right? So, so listen, a lot of good bets out there. A lot of things to happen. Mark and I have given you our locks. Make sure you pay attention to those. Bet your brains out. And uh, but you know what? Bet responsibly. I always Do it say responsibly. Don't bet to make. Don't bet to make money. Okay. Don't bet to make money. Bet because it's fun. Bet because you you can.
Okay. So weekly rewind was presented by special sauce podcast. What's your special sauce, special sauce Hey, when we come back, Mark, you're going to have the floor. Catone's comments is next. Tune in to Special Sauce Podcast, wherever you podcast. What's your special sauce? Time for Kisson's Comments! You know what really frustrates me? And and, and Joe's gonna, Joe's, I'm sure Joe is gonna have something to say about this. This week, I heard that they're going to remake The Honeymooners. How do you remake The Honeymooners? That's impossible. You can't redo what that show was, right? Oh, I agree. That's all, that's all Hollywood seems to be doing is remakes. They remake it. You watch these shows now. They brought back Night Court. They bring back, they bring back all these shows because they don't have a creative mind in the industry out there, go out there, Joe, go back and create something, would you? They don't have a creative bone to create something new and innovative that, that people will watch. I mean, you don't see them, you don't see somebody, an artist, duplicating the Mona Lisa. It's it, You can't, it's illegal, it's fraud. You can't do that. You don't see somebody recreating these beautiful pictures or these 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 things like the like the you know these statues. You you can't recreate those or remake those. They're once and they're done. But the, the, the Hollywood and the movie industry—that's all they do. They do remakes. They do re-edits. They do remakes. They do variations of the same stuff. When I heard the honeymooners this week was they were going to do a remake of the honeymooners. That was it. I snapped. I've I, like I've never heard of such a thing. You don't have an original thought in your head to create something that people would watch, like, enjoy. You gonna remake that? They remake movies. They're remaking everything. It's crazy. Maybe they should remake me. Oh my God! Could you imagine another me? What that would be beautiful, beautiful, Chris. They broke the mold when, when they made you. They broke yeah, the mold. Come on. But, Joe, maybe you can answer that question. What is it with the remakes? I've had enough for the remakes. I'm done. No, I totally 100% agree. 100%. Especially when it comes to, like, uh, characters and stuff. Like, I always say, I always use Forrest Gump as the example. Because, like, they always make these remakes, yada, yada, yada. Now, I get it when... Like, let's say Superman in the 80s, right? And redoing it now, you go, oh, they have better special effects now. They can do digitally, you know, amazing stuff digitally, you know? In fact, I could have YouTube there digitally right now, you know, with the stuff that they have. But when you create a, recreate a character, like somebody like Forrest Gump, it's like, no, you can't do that because, like you said, it's a Mona Lisa. It's a one, one of a kind. You can't recreate the Honeymooners. That's a one of a kind. That's a Jackie Gleason one of a kind art piece of art. You can't recreate that. You know what I mean? But no money in the world. You can't recreate a character like Mark. You, you can't. can't. When they made Mark. They broke the mold. But no, talk he's about right. Jackie... one of the characters of all. One of the great characters of all time. He's right though. How do you recreate Jackie Gleason's <laughs> oh. character? You can't. No. Every Sunday nights, I have a channel out here called Memorable Entertainment TV. Right. And every Sunday night, the honeymooners are on. It has all these shows: Carol Burnett, Mary Mason, Cold Jack, The Night Stalker, all the you know, Lost I in Cold Jack. Oh, I love that show. You know, su- su- Saturday, si- Super Saturday, Sci-Fi Nights. That's every night. Anyway, I watch the honeymooners every Sunday night. You're right, Mark. Can't recreate that. And by the way, that it's so funny. You mentioned Night Court. I watched all the episodes. I caught up last night because I was interested because I used to like that show. I did too. It was it was funny. But the only reason why there was any humor in that show was John Larroquette, who's the only member of the original show that's in this one. And he's the only reason why it's at all funny. 
So yeah. you're right. Yep. Yeah. Can't no, do you're it. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Joe's ag- Joe agrees. And I think everybody out there will probably agree. Let us know in heated hotline what you think of Mark's take on uh, the remake of The Honeymooners. So Catone's comments was presented by Corso Law Group, CorsoLawGroup.com. Hey, listen, when we come back, we're going to take do, go some B's and C's. Trade deadline pack came and went for uh, the NBA. We need to talk about that right after this. It's that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20-plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Back in with more Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. And listen, we want to get back to some New England's talk, right? We've been talking a lot of Super Bowl, a lot of honeymooners and TV shows and all this other stuff. Let's get back to New England sports. Let's do some uh, B's and C's, Joe. Yeah. Oh, Mark. Yeah, I love that. I, do. I like it. So I like cool. it. Get that, you know. So, uh, Mark. <laughs> the trade deadline uh, for the NBA has come and gone, Mark, right? And yeah. so we'll talk Celtics here. Uh, you know, they make a move. They trade for uh, Mike Mascala, um, right? Mascala yeah. from uh, yeah. Oklahoma City. They, they made that trade. And they gave up Justin Jackson and two second-round picks. Not a lot. Um, to get this guy. So, first of all, what do you make of that trade? I have some some stats on him I can give us, but what do you make of that trade, and, and, and did we do enough? No, typical Celtic trade. Gave up, don't want to give anything up at the trade deadline, and you get up player who's what? He ain't doing Listen, if you want to stretch get somebody four. that plays that position, you don't need a stretch four. You need a banger. You need somebody that could go out there – if, if Williams is hurt and, and or if Williams has to have limited minutes to get in the playoffs because he wears down, you need somebody that can go under there, bang a little bit, get rebounds, score some points when you need it. They didn't get that type of a player, Chris. I don't think a stretch like that is going to help them, a four, stretch four. That's not helping them. That's not what they needed. You got Giannis. You got Embiid. You got all these guys that you're going to need a ba- somebody in there to play with in case Williams wears down. Or, listen, Horford, it is age, Chris. At any given time, they could say, well, he's he's, he's hurt. He's going to miss, you know, significant time. You got nobody off the bench that can help fill that role under there. And that's what I thought they should have got, not not what they, they went and traded for. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not going to give you that presence underneath that you're talking about to get um, rebounds and things like that. But, Mark, I got to be honest with you. I, I like the trade. I like the trade because – it's cheap. Uh-huh. You didn't give up a ton to get it. Look, well, that's, there's that's not a hell of, Yeah, but you know what? There's not a hell of a lot they really did need on this team. And I get what you're saying about the injuries and Robert Williams and so on. But if you look at if you look at the type of of, of basketball this team plays, and and look, you what I've what you've forgotten about basketball, I've yet to learn, and I'll admit that. But the type of game that that the Celtics play. Didn't you, don't you look how nice I am to him, and he's such a jerk to me, Joe. No, you know I would have I mean? went and got. I know what you're gonna say, Chris, but I would have went and got Mo Bamba because he 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 would have fit the role more of what I'm talking about. Yeah, but if you look at the type of spread, the spread the floor type of offense that yeah. that you know you you a guy like okay, so you talk about the injury situation or the uh, um, Al Horford getting tired and all that, but one of Al one of the big things about Al Horford in his game is that outside shooting too. That he provides is, you but that he three can point go, shooting. But he can go in there, Chris, and play some defense and grab rebounds for you, too. He can. And I don't think this guy can't. But but you have to understand, this guy, a guy like this, this guy's only playing if there's an injury, okay, or uh, if they're it. up big, if they're down big, if there's an injury, or there's foul trouble. He's cheap. 
Um, they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. Like I said, he's a good energy guy. I like the 39% from three-point range because I think mm -hmm. that's where his value comes in um, for this. It's odd because he only averages like 14 minutes a game. I'm sorry, he only averages six points a game, but he shoots 39% from the from three points. So he's obviously not shooting them a ton. Um, but I think he allows you to get some more spacing on the floor because of that 39%. So when you put him out on the key in the arc, you're going to have to deal with him. Okay. You know, doubling off him isn't going to work. It won't work with that guy. But but getting back to what you're saying, and I have a question for you then. We didn't do enough. You talked about Bamba. I, I, I didn't like that. I thought they would have to give too much up to get him. But when you look at the Eastern additions, okay, for the Eastern Conference, you know, um, Celtics added who we talked about. But the Bucks add Crowder. Philadelphia adds McDaniels. Uh, Cleveland didn't do anything. Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn's a mess now, so forget Brooklyn. But Toronto added Patel. Now, out of these people, out of this, out of, out of all these players that went to that, as far as being in the East now, is there anybody on that list that you would have said, I wish we had that one instead of him? Who do you, you know, other than Bamba? I would have taken Crowder because Crowder is going to give you somebody who once in a while can get hot. He can play defense. He can get rebounds. He gets dirty. He gets nasty under there. And that's another player that Milwaukee just added that's going to be kicking, scratching, and elbowing you, even playing the style you claim they play. He's going to get under your skin. He's going to play defense. He's going to put a knee in somebody's groin. That's what we're lacking, Chris. And sometimes in a seven-game series, you need that to get by a team like maybe a Milwaukee or, or you know what I mean? And we don't have that type of a player on the floor. And I, I honestly think it was a mistake not getting it. So you so you think that some of these moves, that one particularly moves the needle? I think Crowder is going to serve Milwaukee. For Milwaukee? I think Crowder is going to serve Milwaukee well in the playoffs. You watch. You watch. See, to me, if if you were going to make a different move, it would have been, and I I don't I never say this guy's name right, so I'm sorry, but uh, Poltel Poltel, the, yep. the the center out of out of um, San Antonio. The thing mm -hmm. with him is, you would have had to give up first round pick. You would have had to give up probably Pritchard, somebody like that. Which you know, I wouldn't have given up a first round pick. Deal. But I think I think that's what Toronto actually gave him. So I right. think I think you know I have to go back and look. So that would be the only guy that I saw move into the East that I would have said. Otherwise, I, I don't I don't know that anything really scares the hell out of me that went on where I can look at one of these other teams and say, uh oh, they've really really closed the gap. We'll talk about the West Western side in a second because that's a whole different animal of what went on there. But so after this trade deadline. Vegas thinks that the Celtics are still they they're still plus three three forty or something like that. Yep. And now the Suns have moved up to number two and plus four fifty. But after the trade deadline, where do you see Boston? You still see them as the number one team, the best team, or what? I do, I do. I still see them as number one seed, but but I would have liked to have seen them do a little more. I'm talking more. about yeah, in the East. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I still think they're the team to beat. But I I would have liked to have seen them do more. I still think they're the team to beat. But I think you could have made your road a little easier by picking up a different type of a piece. But I still think they're the favorites, Chris. The big thing with the Celtics, Chris, is I don't necessarily know if this coach manages the minutes of guys like Tatum well yeah. enough. And in the playoffs, Chris, they may wear down because I don't understand why Tatum plays so many minutes in games that that are blown out blowouts. Yeah, that's the one thing about about his inexperience that you start that you see showing up now is we talked about this last week. The combinations. Yeah. What are the combinations of the bench guys? You know, his unwillingness to really switch things up a lot. And and again, how do you manage the rest? How do you manage the minutes in the game? Seems to like listen to the players a little more than Udoka did, and certainly Steven. So you know, and that I guess comes with the territory of having a rookie, you know, rookie head coach doing yeah. this now, Mark talking about them in the in the whole NBA now, because we look at what happened in the West, okay? And let me just throw a couple of people out there. The Nuggets uh, get Bryant, which made them better. The Grizzlies get Kennard. Sacramento didn't do anything. Mavericks get Kyrie Irving. Now, now let's go to the two big ones, okay? Kyrie Irving goes to Dallas. Kevin Durant goes to Phoenix. I've heard this week that 
those two guys do more damage to the Celtics apart on different teams than they did together. Do you agree with yes. that? And do you now think that the Suns are the best team in basketball? No, I don't think the Suns are the best team in basketball. I think they're the best offensive team, possibly, if everybody's healthy in basketball. But I think I, they don't play de- – those guys don't play defense, Chris. Durant is was always a good defender, but he's lost a step with all of the injuries. He doesn't play as well on defense as he once did. So, yes, I think if healthy, Phoenix may offensively be the best team in the league offensively. But where the Celtics are better is the Celtics – and I'm going to use your guy, Chris – with a healthy Marcus Smart. Yep. With a healthy Marcus Smart. Not enough, huh? Not enough that. is talked about that. Right? Well, go ahead. I know you want to talk about it, there. but let me finish this. But with a healthy Marcus Smart, I think the Celtics are a better defensive team than Phoenix. For that reason, I still think the Celtics should be the, fa- should be the favorite to win it over Phoenix. But I, I know you want to talk about Marcus Smart. Well, they better be. They better be defensively because you're talking Booker, Chris Paul, yeah. Durant, and don't forget Aiden. Yeah, don't forget I know. the center. Okay, I know. there's not a big, no big hullabaloo was made this week in Phoenix. But about they also Durant gave up what <laughs> what they gave up though, Chris. Basically, they have no bench now, so they've got no, like five don't. guys. They're gonna have to beat you with the five guys. And that's where the Celtics get them. And so your yeah. coach, your coach in Phoenix is gonna have to be real good at managing those guys. And and if, if do you need all of them in the starting lineup at once? And is there going to be enough ball to go around over there too in Philly? That's but I agree with you on the defense. Uh, by the way, Felger called this city, this this city, a Mickey Mouse town because nobody's saying anything about Durant. You know, he's probably right. <laughs> he's a lot of transient <laughs> people. But getting to Marcus Smart, Mark's point. Do you, they're three. What are they? Four and four now. They won that yeah. game the other night. They're four and four without Smart. Now, that four wins, I mean, they only had 12, what, 12, 13 losses when he went out? Yeah. So four is a huge percentage of that. So nobody talks about that, Mark. No one talks about the loss of this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a catalyst. He's their catalyst on defense, Chris. He gets the energy up. He gets the intensity up. And and But you're right. He Listen, I, I was always one of those proponents of, hey, get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yeah. But it gives them an intensity and, and 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 something on defense, Chris, and 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 a and a look and a feel on defense that they need, and and they're definitely missing it right now. Reigning defensive player of the year, and it yeah. shows right now. It definitely shows. So we'll see what happens down the stretch now. Um, in the second half, trade deadline's gone. Let's see how the Celtics if they're going to crawl to the finish or if they're going to pull away. Let's see what happens. And on the other side, we'll talk Bruins just for a couple of minutes. They're coming out of their break now. Um, in fact, they're going to be playing today or tonight um, and, and starting back up again. We talked about how they exited to the break. Wasn't so hot, but they got that last win. But some of the Carolina, Lightning, Panthers, those teams that they played against had some pretty bad losses there. Um, the trade deadline for this team doesn't happen until March 3rd. Um, so they got they still have several weeks to go before that happens. But how are they going to, you know, how do you see them handling the second half with go, with the record for wins or, you know, rest? So that's or another the trade team, deadline? Chris, that I think the coach is going to have to manage minutes because they're an older team, right? So in order to keep guys like Bergeron and those guys fresh for the playoff run, even Marshawn, you're going to have to manage, Chris, your lines and who's getting how much, how many minutes some of those guys on those top lines are getting because. As you know, the Stanley Cup playoff drive is a, is 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 grueling, and, it and is. with those older guys, you're gonna have to manage those legs. and And I would like to see them bring in somebody, Chris, in the trade deadline. You know, I, I would. I, I get I, I get nervous about I get nervous about these guys because about the pan you know Florida Panthers and Carolina and Tampa. So, Chris, what do you think they would need to bring in if they're going to bring in some reinforcements for the trade deadline? What do you think? What type of? Well, I like I I like that bigger I like that bigger defenseman. Talking about Luke yeah. Shen, um, yep. out of Vancouver. So, so what I'm hearing right now, the two teams that are in the running now for him are Calgary and the Bruins. That's a that's a trade they need to make because they you do. need it for depth. You need to put him. You could put him next to Grizzlick, guy like that. And you can really have that guy. He's got 74 hits. Oh, you, you know, he's a real banger. He'll move guys around. 
that's the kind of guy they need to protect leads, to get to maybe have that fourth line out there more offensively so you can rest the guys that you're talking about so you can protect the lead at the net. And when that's you play a team like Carolina, for. Chris, in a seven-game series, you're going to need a guy like that to go out there and bang. Yep. You need physical. So we'll see what happens. A lot more to come next week on this. Want to hear from you in Heated Hotline. But Corso and Catone was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? Specialsaucepodcast.com. Listen, get on this week. Listen, watch all of our shows up for you. Follow us. Give us that thumbs up. And uh, make sure you subscribe and come back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern, for Corso and Catone. We'll recap the Super Bowl, give our breakdown and our post-coverage of that game and uh, break down the Patriots' offensive ne- offensive needs, uh, off-season needs, as that's going to be coming to a head. And more Bruins-Celtics talk. Of course, Catone's comments. You never want to miss that. And anything, your heated hotline calls, whatever you bring to the table, we'll be ready. We are Corso and Catone, the real deal New England feel. See you next Saturday. Bye, Corso and Catone on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you podcast. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, Corso and Catone, and catch the chaos at 7 p.m. on Saturday.